You're listening to Sports Day. You are listening to Sports Day. It has been a huge show. Let me tell you about that. If you've missed any of it, you can go back and catch up on the podcast. Of course, we've had a deep dive into the Cricket World Cup tonight. India's heroics and Virat Kohli, Jared lauded him off the top. And your say on the AFL fixture. But at this time of the week, we get Ash Brown live in the studio. Now on Sports Day. Sport and the media with AFL Records senior writer Ash Brown. All thanks to Signet. Power every moment with a Signet power bank. Keep your devices powered this season. Visit Signet.com. Ash, welcome in. Hello, Jared. Great to have you on board, Ash. And uh, hasn't it been an interesting uh, hour and a half already? We've had uh, thousands of complaints about uh, the draw, basically uh, from a team perspective. Uh, how have you seen it? Well, no one's ever totally satisfied with, their, with the draw, are they? And I love the spin that we're going to get. We're getting as they're coming through now from 18 clubs out. What a great draw it is. Yeah. And even though the supporters all pick holes in them, but uh, every club will try and tell you what a great uh, outcome it is for them. Some better than others. I think a few clubs would look at it and say, not much there for us. A couple of clubs, Kane, one that you know pretty well. Um, they're the big winners out of this. That'd be Adelaide. They'll be cock-a-hoop over there. Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, it was predictable, wasn't it? They, they said that this was going to be the makeup for the goal line fast that cost them a spot in the final. So, yeah, I think it's solid for them. I mean, they get three Thursdays, three Fridays. Uh, they get the, e- uh, the equal eighth hardest draw, according to the AFL.com website. But, I mean, their double-up games are, are reasonably solid. They got Brisbane, Port Adelaide, Sydney, Essendon, Gold Coast, and Hawthorne twice. So... I don't think it's anything extraordinary. I don't think they'll be jumping through hoops like Carlton would be. No, just because you're on Thursday and Friday nights, uh, doesn't. I mean, you get great publicity, and they're a good side to watch. So I think everyone's a winner, but it doesn't guarantee you the four points. Finally, the first we're getting hard as well. I reckon. Like if you look at Gold Coast set to improve, you yeah, think sure. under a new coach they've yeah. got. So their first four is Gold Coast, Geelong, Fremantle away. And Melbourne at home. So, I mean, you could be 0-4 and four and you're going, well, we're, we're starting from way back. I don't suspect that will be the case. But that, that is a, that's a tough start to the, the season for the Crows. And, um, you know, when you expect it just to roll on, sometimes you cop hurdles and, and the progression doesn't come as you would have expected. But, yeah, I mean, we've, we've gone through a few winners and losers already. But it's always difficult doing that because you don't know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad. Did I read somewhere that the showdown's been moved to a Thursday night? Thursday night, which yeah. is nice. That yeah. is just about my favourite part of the draw. Because we've been crying out for years. The AFL and Channel 7 never quite believed that there's huge interest outside South Australia for, for the showdown. So finally, a Thursday night showdown is going to be fantastic for the rest of us to sit and watch without having to worry about any other games or any other distraction. It'll be wonderful. Yeah, so I think that's going to be interesting to see where the um, ratings lie with that. But with more Thursday night games coming in, that may be something that they could have as a staple in the, the fixture, I would have thought. I reckon we'll get big audiences, particularly on a Thursday night. Big game uh, like that. So that's round eight. That's Thursday, May the 2nd. Adelaide hosting Port Adelaide in the Thursday night showdown, which will be uh, the marquee game on Channel 7. Yeah, that's right. You say, I mean, by May 8, we're already a third of the way through the season. The season's just starting earlier and earlier every year, isn't it? Now we've got that sort of first weekend of March almost. Well, that's the upside of uh, the zero round. I mean, people, a lot of people are complaining about it. Uh, I've seen a number of people also complaining that now Collingwood get a bye in round five and 15, which was always the upside. So you can't complain about one and then uh, complain about the other. They're uh, the same argument. It was a win-win rather than a lose-lose. But uh, are you a fan of the, the early draw? I think it's fantastic. I mean, talking for a long time, especially to the Swans and the Lions who've been in those markets yeah. for 30, 40 years, they've been, they just sit 
frustrated every year that NRL gets a couple of weeks head start on them and, and dominating the, the, the market. So It's a big move by the new CEO. I mean, ultimately, I think uh, the Sydney markets uh, have been neglected to a large degree. I mean, to the point where, you, you, you know, you, you can't, you don't schedule Collingwood up against the Swans last year. It was just diabolical. But... Uh, it's it's something that needs to be addressed. You can't be in the market and just uh, just assume that the baby will grow. No, I think it's great. I mean, the other thing that helps is I think the ground agreements. I think in the past, the Swans couldn't get on the SCG till April, and the same with, certainly with the Lions at the Gabba couldn't get anywhere near it till April first. So, the change ground agreements allow the, those clubs earlier access to their venues. So, I, I I can't see why anybody would think this is not a good thing. If, you, if you're a fan mm. of football, I mean, setting aside. Your, your club loyalty. If you're a fan of the game, you want the game to be as good as it can be. It's such yep. a great outcome. Yeah, where well, Jared and I discussed it, we couldn't really find fault with it uh, last night. It starts earlier. It's going to be a magnificent uh, television product. There's a couple of uh, talking points out of uh, this year's 2024 fixture breakdown, and that is. We got ten minutes earlier start oh. for Friday night. Oh, <laughs> beauty! What a what a win! Oh, win pathetic. for the fans. That's pathetic, isn't it? Like, it genu- is. like either do it or don't. Like, don't. It, it is ridiculous. And then and they t- they're moving the Thursday night games back to seven thirty. So you've got seven thirty on Thursdays for fourteen. So weeks. seven's late. The Thursday nights are later. Yeah, an extra ten minutes. Just start them all at seven thirty, Kane. Surely just have this uniform start time for Thursday night and Friday night footy seven thirty and be done with it. Yeah, it's, it's just like... It's well, that's a, a that means the there's face. a half an hour build-up for the Thursday night start. It's too long. 20 minutes is perfect. You come on, hello and welcome. Yeah. Uh, you've got 15 minutes to get the teams out, et cetera, et cetera. Then you go down to the uh, ground reporter so she, she or he can give us a bit of a atmospherics, et cetera. Um, and then we get into it. Yeah. It's we, 20 past is the right time. Win for fans, but we're moving at ten minutes to seven forty. Of spare me, I mean, it yeah, a great I mean, bit of spin. Couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. Who's, the, who's like, giving us that spin? The AFL. You reckon? God, please. <laughs> and it was a—they've built it up as a last-minute negotiation, uh, just on the eve of the fixture <laughs> being released that they were granted the permission from Channel Seven. Uh, it's a, it's an absolute load of rubbish, and we've spoken about that at length. Uh, tonight, do we still like the fact that the fixture is only released until round sixteen, or or now does it make it? problematic for fans who want to book in their travel and weddings and you know significant events uh, it's not ideal for fans but I think it's again majority of football fans are uh, TV viewers so I think from that point of view it's probably the right move I can understand fans not being thrilled about it and I, you know, I know a few people who are involved in the fans association last say it's an outrage but it's a better outcome I think for the competition as a whole to have a bit of you know to build the better games in late in the season I mean I look at round 24 you know jumped it before You've got Richmond playing the Suns at the MCG, so that's Hardwick v Tigers, and that might be the Suns. Hardwick might have to beat his old team mm. to make the finals. I mean, yep. that shapes a brilliant game, and they've given Melbourne Collingwood round twenty-four, so that's likely to be the Friday night game. You think because chances are something big will be riding on that. Mm. So who else is playing? Oh, well, I don't have the whole thing in front of me, but um, they're the couple of games that stood out for me for, for that particular round. So no, I, I like it the way it is, and I think. Fair play to the AFL to, to stead and you know some of the, the noisier fans and they make a lot of noise around the fixture at this time of year. It is the right outcome, but uh, yeah, if you're trying to plan a wedding and the whole thing, you understand it's a bit more complicated. Mm. We're still copying a lot of uh, the double up Saturday night games, which has been a bugbear of Jared's for for a long time. We've got a few uh, double headers on on Friday night. So how many of those we got, Kane? Well, I haven't got I the exact two. number in so. front of me. We've got one in Gather Round, yep. um, which is Brisbane. 
uh, North Melbourne at North Oval and then Port Adelaide into Essen. I think there's one in round three as well. And maybe yeah, Mother's Day weekend as well. That might be. A, I've got to gather around the starting times. You've got the Thursday night, which is 7.30. Two times Friday nights. Uh, this is last year, 5.10 and 8.10. Saturday, 1.10, 4.10, Sunday, 1.10, 3.20, So the only time you've got a double up is Sunday. is Sunday, and it's a it's a one-hour, one-and-a-half-hour mm. double-up. Why can't we have that every week? So just replicate that. Yeah, it's it perfect. can't be that hard. It's perfect. The, um, looking at the draw again, down in front of me, there's a lot of Sunday games. The Sunday games are actually all over the place because it, there's so many earlier, you know, so many Thursday night and Friday night double-headers. Yep. There's a lot of four o'clock, a lot of the last games, this appeals to you, Jared, because you're the Foxwoody man, a lot of the Sunday twilight games are now four o'clock. There's not that many of the traditional... In the first 15 rounds of 1 o'clock, 3.20 and 4.40 sort of thing. Mm. So mm. I wonder why they've made that move. And there's a few Sunday night games. There's a few games, not in Melbourne, but a few games. There's a game in Brisbane and I reckon a game somewhere else that actually start on yep. a Sunday. They're actually pure yeah. Sunday night games. So Round 8, Brisbane take on Gold Coast. The Q Clash uh, at the Gabba, 7.10 on Sunday, May the 5th. So you are right on that. And you're right, there's a lot of uh, lot of 4 o'clock Sunday games as well. well. There's a couple of losers. I've been through this already at uh, just after 6 o'clock tonight. But I, I reckon the Giants have been shunned. So we all really admired what the Giants did last year and their improvement. We loved the way that they played. They copped the brutal travel schedule last year. And you'd expect that off the, the low that they came from, winning six games the previous year. They get one... Thursday night game, no Friday night games. They don't. They get one trip to the MCG, and they travel everywhere. So they go to Perth, Mount Barker, Sydney, Geelong, Tassie, Adelaide, Brisbane, and Ballarat. We want to see more of the Giants, and I reckon they have been absolutely, well, they've been neglected by the AFL in this draw on the back of what they did last year. Why would that be? I mean, they don't draw a tr- they don't crowd. Draw a crowd. Oh, they've got to be rewarded for I, know, I agree with you. And they, they're unlucky because they've got two games in Sydney to start the season, then they do their eight-week road trip, which includes a couple of home games in Canberra, but they lose their ground for two months because of the Royal Sydney show. Yeah, but they've got Canberra they can play their home Yeah, game, well, they've got a couple couple there, but they get on planes like for... I think they might play Sydney away in the middle of it just to stay home, but otherwise they're getting on a plane seven mm. weeks out of eight or something, so... That's a that's a tough draw for them. I mean, they're, they're so good to watch, but the, the you know Channel Seven, it comes down to you know, the same teams tend to get a lot of the, time, the prime time slots because they're the ones. Like Carlton have got eight, something like, something like eight games. Well, eight in the eight in the first sixteen weeks. Yeah, because so that's they're they're all we've got up until then. So they'll probably end up with you know, eight. What Friday night games? Thursday, Thursday and Friday night games okay. in the first sixteen weeks, and they probably end up with ten, eleven, perhaps twelve in that slot, mm. which is okay. And I'm I'm happy for them to be rewarded for what they did last year. The other one is Gold Coast for me. Like you reckon the AFL is not absolutely desperate for them to play finals, so they get the biggest free kick out of anyone. They've got double up games against North and West Coast. They were given the bonus of opening round against Richmond. They've uh, been granted the sixteenth easiest draw or the or the, thir- the the second or third easiest draw if you want to phrase it that way the AFL are desperate for this team to play finals for the first time Ash they are the other thing I've noticed is Geelong with the 40,000 seat stadium both Richmond and Hawthorne will play at Geelong uh, next season as well so they'll be fascinating is how that going to be finished next year it's a steal finally like, rolled up it looks from the AFLW games that it might just about be okay. ready for the start of next season but uh, how many Richmond and Hawthorne supporters will be able to get in to Geelong on a you know on a weekend game, for game. It's, it's great I mean it should happen by the way but my Hawthorne mates are complaining about it but really bad luck I mean they played they get the they home game why are they complaining I think that they should both beat the MCG but I have no problem at all Hawthorne playing Geelong mm. as an away game 
as long as it's not Easter Monday, Easter Monday should always be the MCG, mm. but the, the second game can be down to long. That's perfectly fair. Easter Monday, it's, I mean, it's great tradition. We know that, and that's not going to change. But uh, Easter used to be, when I was playing, it used to be a great game for Geelong because there were so many people on the Ballerine Peninsula. Yeah, well, it's a byproduct. How would the traffic, you're, you're a big traffic man. How would it be trying to get back from Geelong right. on a, a Sunday uh, with the roadworks these days, Joe? Uh, well, it's not <laughs> so much the roadworks. It's just the population. It's yeah. just uh, incredible. It's it's what we do. It used to, back when I was about 12, I went down to an Easter uh, sojourn down at uh, Torquay, and it was only one lane one way and <laughs> one lane the other way, and it took about three and a half hours. Because everyone was just going down. You left on Good Friday and you come back on uh, Easter Monday. Same thing. And now we've got three lanes each way. And you know what? It was the Same day. Three hours one way, three hours the other. That's right. That's uh, progress for you, Kane. <laughs> I like it. Uh, and just the other note, which we mentioned already, but your team as well, Ash, are not rewarded for their improvement last year. They yeah. got the eighth oh. hardest draw. Um, they got no games on Friday night or Thursday night. They got double up games against GWS, Adelaide, Geelong, Richmond and North. And a really tough opening month, which sees them play Essendon away, whatever that means, at Marvel, Melbourne, Geelong and Collingwood to start the season. Staring at zero and four and no love on the primetime stage for your Hawks. Yeah, I think they, they did lobby and I think they've been told uh, we need one more year. One of, more year. One more year than you might get there. So that's a tough draw for they could go to the AFL and say, well, hang on, you gave North two Friday night games. What did they do to deserve it? Yeah, well, I think... Uh, well, there's people, the conspiracy theories out there say that uh, Hawthorne have been paying a price, still paying a price okay. for various uh, things that have happened but uh, no they, 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 don't want, they don't want a lot of, but they probably deserve one as I've said before the Collingwood game was a missed opportunity that should have been a Friday night game at the MCG that would have been huge mm. Alright let's move on because the sad passing of Patrick Smith which we've spoken about a lot this week your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, Patrick was uh, my first boss. He gave me my start as a sport, as a full-time sports journalist. So I personally owed him a lot and had the privilege of working alongside him for close to 10 years at a lot of big sporting events. And it was just an absolute joy to work alongside him at a, at a footy game or the Australian Open or at a big golf tournament. But it made me think he was the last of the sort of the general old crusty sports columnists, Jared, that could write across a number of sports. I yep. mean, he had his specialty sports, footy, yep. racing, racing golf and cricket were probably his big four. But we don't see them anymore. You've got specialist columnists for sports, mm. for a particular sport, and there's plenty of good ones around for, you know, cricket and footy and league and union and what have you, but not many who could cover as many sports as well as he did. It is the part of sports journalism, I think, that is, uh, that is dying or has disappeared. He was an extraordinary talent, though, in, in many ways. He had a great uh, sense of um, uh, how an administration should work. He had uh, a great sense of a social conscience within sport. Uh, he was an amazing writer as far as creativity and uh, humour, more often than not acerbic humour. Is that the right word? Or is acidic humour? Uh, one or the other? One or both. One or both. Um, but he was always entertaining, both uh, with the word and, uh, as long as you weren't in the gun, um, but the word and, and the spoken word as well. He was bloody good on, on radio as well. Can I ask you, though, it, it always... I always wondered where did Patrick end up coming from? I mean, he just emerged. Well, he's he, not like a Mike Sheen who was there from go to woe. It was almost like he, he came in from Mars about uh, 15, 20 years ago and, and started writing columns. Where was he before that? Well, he was a sports editor of the age because he was one who hired me. He was a sports editor of the age for about five years in the late 80s. Yeah. 
And then at the end of 92, he just said, enough of being the editor. And the next day, I said, well, you're yeah. now going to write Colin. And no one knew who he was. No. Except the cricket community because he was a former Paran yeah. fast bowler. Okay. So was that early, was it? It was yeah, about 92, 93. 93. And then within okay. a few weeks, he was being unleashed as this brilliant yeah. uh, columnist with so much to say. And for a while, he and Steve Linnell were the... They used to have people running duck, in footy ducking for cover. Steve was with the news... Sto- they'd break stories together. Steve would write the news story. Yeah, and then he did the opinion piece. would do the yeah. opinion and mm. analysis. That was a good combination. Andrew Plimpton used to call them the Cray Brothers. Oh, did he? Because yeah, right. <laughs> that's how powerful they were, and, uh, they were for a long time. So he was a... Great columnist, and then he went to the Australian, and uh, he probably was the reason to read sport in the mm. Australian for a long time. Um, sadly, missed and we condolences to his family. He never could find within himself an appreciation for sailing. I can remember him. Uh, it was it was in the years where uh, I did ten Sydney to Hobart's, and and every year he would just unleash about it being this rich man sport. And when you're in the sport, you realise it's anything but. I mean, yeah. 99% of the people in, in sailing are just uh, blokes who go sailing. They're not the owners of the boats, etc. Yeah, he uh, and the nicknames are fantastic. Uh, Grant Thomas was the, probably the best. Cornflakes. Cornflakes, yeah. <laughs> just All right, we've got to leave some time for your like of the week because I've got to tell you, my social media absolutely blew up. You sent me a text. You said, is this too long to play in our regular slot? During the week, I said absolutely not. So do you want to throw to this audio that you're about to play? Well, I think it's your like because your your social media feed alerted me to it, Kate. <laughs> oh, so it's, a joint, it's our joint like this week. So it is an American uh, we'll just inter- an American basketball commentator He's not for the Bally Sports Network. His name is Brian D- Damaris, and he had this to say about James Harden. Ask the producer to pipe this into the Clippers locker room. If I can talk to you, James, I hope you're taking notes. I'm telling you in advance, you're welcome for the wisdom I'm about to spew. Because, listen, I get on my knees every night and pray for someone to believe in me like Daryl Borey believed in you. You wanted a certain coach, they brought in Mike D'Antoni. You want to play a certain style, they played it. You wanted Dwight Howard, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul, they brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend Russell Westbrook. You want to go to Vegas on off days, they looked away. You wanted the team to stay over so you could go out at night, they changed the schedule. And it didn't work. And you know what? You said... I'm going to break up with my Whoopi. Not good enough. I see the bright lights in New York. I want to go there. My old pal, Kevin Durant. It's going to work. The big three. And all after one year, you want it out. You realize, oh my gosh, I took this guy for granted. The guy that believed in me. I went back with Daryl Morey. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? And you know what? You went there and you got a partner who got the MVP. He won the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? You said... They didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You were holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven against Boston. You blew a 3-2 series lead. So they co- they fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with your guy believed in you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. Let's see if that works. Listen, James, have you ever had those friends who had bad roommates? Over and over, they complained about their bad roommates. This guy's terrible. The bad roommate here. They never thought to be self-aware enough that they're the bad roommate. They're the problem. Hey, James, you're the problem. <laughs> Why'd you like it so much? He didn't well, draw I breath. just thought the, I thought the the ability to spew out the facts. Yeah. Like, so it was was pretty brutal, but nothing that he said wasn't factual. I don't know, there's a bit of, you know, personal opinion in there, a little bit, but hard to argue with any of that. And I think James Harden has frustrated basketball fans for so long. He's been a player who's signed long-term contracts with one team, and then 12 months later, he says, no, nah, I want out. 
And if they don't let him go, he stops trying and he doesn't turn up to training and he gets overweight and he just becomes an absolute cancer. Why do clubs, other clubs take him? I don't get that, Jared. Because he's so talented and when you've got only five people on a, a basketball team, one yeah. person makes a huge difference. So they get sucked in and they say, well, maybe he'll be good for us and if we can keep him happy. At, he went to... Um, he went to Brooklyn. He went to Philly. Then he went to Brooklyn. Then he went. Um, he's been everywhere. Now, now he's at the Lakers, and they've lost their last six games in a row, or five games in a row, since mm. James Harden has joined uh, the Clippers. So the guy's just bad news. He may well be the problem. Bally Sports, though, uh, Ash, they've had this taken down off their social media sites, uh, suggesting that. Uh, the editorialising went against the network's values. Yeah, so it's interesting because he was a Mavericks play-by-play commentator. So all the basketball teams have their own commentary team, Jared. So it'd be like you doing all of Sydney's games. You live up in Sydney, you do all their games. So each NBA team have their own, it's almost like a bias call that we've done with SEN. So maybe they've gone, well, this is outside the scope of the focus which we want on the Mavericks. And this guy's gone a little bit rogue, but... It's a shame because the publicity they've had from this. I mean, the amount of social views this has got, it went completely viral. He's raised the bar for you, Kane, for next season. <laughs> well, I'm not sure there's an it. AFL... Well, there's no <laughs> AFL player with as poor a history as James Harden. Like, it's just... Oh, it's, it's I reckon to, there's a list manager out there, Kane, that you can get in your sides right, next year. All right, <laughs> let's... Uh, Setting your challenge. Hold fire on that. It's all right, we've... Uh, with that audio, we're out of time. But, Ash, it's awesome work from you. The deep dive into the fixture... Uh, was terrific, and uh, we will do it all again next week. Ash was here thanks to Bunnings. It's Black Friday at Bunnings Trade with amazing deals in store and online while stocks last. And of course, the AFL's fixture announcement has been our hot topic thanks to APCO. Win 20 grand cash now at APCO Cafe 24 7. It's time now for the tab update with Jared Daffy.